From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up Board Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, spring football starts tonight. What Corey and I will be looking for, and a weekend wrap of the baseball team, a little softball, maybe a little basketball, too, as well. Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. CPTallyBar.com is the website. You can always pull out your phone, hit that QR code on your screen, takes you right to the website, and check out the menu, as well as the social calendar. Monday's lunch special. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., only $8.99. It's usually $11.99 for the half-pound Black Angus burger, but you go grab it during the lunch hours from an 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., $8.99, and you get a side dish, straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. It's delicious. You'll love it. Lots of good stuff over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Corey, you make it over there this past weekend now that you're back in town? Come on, man. What kind of question sorry, is that? Sorry, sorry. Of course. What's sorry. the matter with you? And look, people are going to hear what you just said, and they just sound like words, right? Like, mm. yeah, they're a restaurant that has food. Mm. We get it. It's good food, folks. Mm. It's legitimately good food. Daddy wouldn't steer you wrong. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't just tell you all to go eat this food if it was horrendous. No, it is the opposite of horrendous. It is fabulous. Terrific. Fa- there you go. There you go. Splendid. I was going to say good, but that's not really the opposite no. of horrendous, is no. it? That's the opposite of bad. So, uh, yeah, man, it's it's good food. Go with it. I was just thinking about this when you were talking. Cheese curds. Mm. Mm. Not a, never been a huge cheese curd guy. Never, I would never order them, but people at my table have ordered them, and they're really good. I only eat three or four because, you know, the body's a temple and everything. Right. But for you folks that aren't fitness gurus like me, um, go out and eat yourself some cheese curds mm. from Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Beer-battered cheese curds, whole pint mm. of beer-battered curds yeah. straight out of Wisconsin with it's a side really of marinara. Good. They're really good. Check it all out. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Warchant.com, Ultimate Semble Sports Source. Thumbs up. Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock later today. Be sure you tune into that. Check it out. Also live on YouTube, Warchant TV. Subscribe to that. Thumbs up if you're listening to us on that platform. And a five-star rating review, please. And subscribe to Warchant.com. Get all the premium insight. For now, up until September 1st, for $29.99, recruiting wrap-ups, recruiting insight, observations from practice. We'll give you some during these shows, but Corey, Ira, Tom will be just cranking out everything, comprehensive. They'll be they'll be uh, aggregating observations from all of us that are out there and putting into like this massive thread, this massive story that only our subscribers can read. And sometimes you just want to read stuff instead of listening to us yammer on, you know? So subscribe. That's what we do. Corey. Spring football. Uh, we did a little bit of a preview. You, myself, uh, Ira, Tom Lang as well. Kind of ending the note on this. I don't want to I'd be too repetitive. It just felt like for however long we've been going out there watching practice, which we're obviously so thankful to be able to do. No one, no one else really is allowed to do what we do. Uh, we're living the dream. Mm-hmm. Who's got better than us? Nobody. How are you going to grade them? How, how are you, What kind of energy are you going to bring to the show tomorrow after you've watched the practice now? Is it? It's just going to be like, all right, man, like, you know, they, they, they look good still, cool. Or, you know, is it going to be kind of a, a different grading scale you're using? How much more discerning will your eye be? As we're looking at a team, some of us are hoping that might be able to sneak into the playoff. Or 
you know, let's start with Charlotte. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. If you're talking specifically about Monday, like today, like later today, nothing. I'm, I'm not. Number one, they're not in pads, and it's the first day. So I'm not going to make drastic declarations. I know that's what I do, but I'm not going to be hyperbolic, and I'm not going to make drastic declarations based on one one day, good or bad. I bet you you um, will. I bet you uh, will. Maybe. I mean, I might see Jaheim Bell yeah. and be like, yeah, yeah. that's going to play. Yeah. That'll look yeah. good. Yeah. But as far as the overall what this team can be, I just can't foresee thinking – any high, any better or any worse than what I already think based on what happens really this whole week, Monday and Wednesday. I think he said Monday and Wednesday are non-pads. Correct. And then Friday is padded, and then they take a week off from spring break. I really think, and I want to get your opinion on this, I think maybe by the third week of spring is when we'll really know, okay, this is where a strength is. This is where they need some help. Portal, where are you? This is... I, I think this guy is going to make a jump or this guy is going to be a huge contributor, this newcomer. Don't you think we'll know for sure? Like Jaheim Bell, sure, I guess that's obvious. Byers probably is obvious. But other guys, don't you think that's when we'll know? Like three weeks in, a couple of weeks and pads in is when we'll have a real firm grasp on who's going to really contribute or it's who's not, going to be a difference maker. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, at that point, it's a trend, right? I mean, it, it won't be like a, a kind of a flash in the pan day. So... At that point, we'll be able to might make some sort of broader uh, generalizations of what this team can be. But how much of it, though, do you think is going to be offense-defense as defense ahead of the offense and how we're going to kind of process all that? Because, again, this quarterback is back. Uh, the secondary has to replace Jamie Robinson. Um, the receivers should be so much more improved. That's kind of where I, I know we're going to talk so much about what's going on in the trenches, but I'm just curious to see how we're going to process seeing this offense passing-wise go up against the secondary, whether it's going to be one of these things where it's watch out, these are really good these are really good receivers, a really good quarterback, or will it be, all right, well, maybe the secondary is, is going to be a problem, et cetera, things like that. I mean, is there a certain matchup, you think, before we get to week three uh, that will maybe draw some focus into – determining at least which one segment will be stronger than the other that they're matching up against? Uh, no, not really. Next question. Okay. I, I, Tyler I'll try Keltner. to elaborate. No, I mean, I'm trying to figure out ways to talk about spring football. Well, no, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, it's fine. I'm, no, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in safeties versus tight ends. I want to see what Morlock looks like. I want to see what Jaheim Bell looks like in one-on-one -on -one drills and in a seven-on-seven, -seven. whether what pads or not. I just want to see the fluidity, what he adds to the offense, the element those two new tight ends add to the offense. Uh, by the way, I got a little uh, intel. Uh, Brian Courtney is still very much part of the plans at tight end. Mm. Might have been a, you know, let's just say he's still very much a part of the uh, the plans at tight end. Um, so that's good to hear. But they really do love Jarrell Powers, by the way. I, that guy apparently is really impressing the people that matter um, with, with his physicality, the way he can move at that size. So that's a name. That's a person to keep an eye on. Don't know how much he'll play this year. Pretty crowded in that room. But uh, that's something to look forward to uh, in, in the future. But, yeah, I think with mainly like seven-on-seven, seven, don't you just foresee Jordan Travis yes, in a seven-on-seven seven drill carving up almost mm -hmm. any seven-on-seven seven, uh, defense in the country? Yeah. Like I just think especially because you say the receivers are going to be better. Well, they're going to be better because they're just older. But it's the same dudes. 
for the most part. So he's uh, other than Hakeem Williams and a couple and Winston two Wright, other freshmen. Though, right? I mean, Winston Wright, we think could possibly. Oh yeah, that's true. And Winston Wright's in there too. That's a good point. But like, it's and a lot of experience. Like, it's a lot of experience coming back with those tight ends uh, that you're adding, and you have a guy that you know lights up everyone. So I think in seven on seven, it's not. I just don't foresee the Florida State. I mean, I'm not going to be worried about it. Like, oh, the Florida State defense is getting carved up by the Heisman candidate with a lot of experience and good receivers and tight ends. Yeah. That's supposed to happen. It'd be a it'd be a problem if it wasn't happening. Um, I I'm more I'm more concerned in the one on one drills with the DBs, how they compete, what they look like. I thought they were pretty good at times last year, and other times they got dominated. That went back and forth, and I think that played out. Um, I want to see Az Thomas if he's made another jump, and Fentrell Cypress. Just looking forward to what that looks like. And not that it not that you really tell much about this. I'm curious, like who match who wants to match up with Johnny Wilson on every one on one? If he's going through one on ones, which sometimes he didn't last year, sometimes he did. But who's matching up with the big boys and the guys that you know are going to play the Pittmans, the Wrights? Who wants that challenge? Remember, that Jamie. Jamie Robinson yeah. always wanted he Mike always Mike. wanted Micah Pittman, yep. always, and kind of frankly dominated that matchup a lot of times. Um, by the way, shout out to Jamie. He had a good sounds like he had a good weekend at the combine in Indianapolis. Ran a four five nine. Had the most reps on the bench of any player at the safety position, I think, nice. or second most reps. Um, four, five, nine can play, by the way, everyone. That's not slow. I think Lamarcus, who again I think is one of the fastest football players I've ever seen, ran a four, five, one. So you're not that far off when you're running a four, five, nine, and it's football speed that Jamie Robinson uh, has a lot of. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I hope he, I hope he, uh, I hope he's a second or third round pick. I hope what he did in Indianapolis helps him firm that up. But yeah, I, I'm just the one-on-ones with the DBs and the receivers. Really looking forward to uh, um, what that looks like to match up the competitive level, competition level, because that was key last year. I thought that's what made everybody better on that football team. And then maybe the seven-on-seven stuff with all the other quarterbacks. That will be very interesting too, because I do think that position is. I think the second-string job is open. I think Tate certainly has the inside track, but I think that second-string job is open. I know there was that was the groundwork for that has been kind of laid, um, but I mean we don't. Do you really think AJ Duffy could take it away from Tate? That that'd be. I can't think of anything maybe more shocking, truly, than if Tate Rodemaker doesn't exit. I don't know so much exiting the spring or entering fall camp or entering week one as the primary backup to Jordan Travis. I would be shocked. Yeah, I, I think so. But D- Duffy can certainly play his way into the conversation. Like okay, man. There were there were not many days, and again, it was with who it was. Part of it was he's a freshman, true freshman. Part of it was who he was working with, but there weren't many days where I left watching them practice and go like, man, Duffy really made made up some ground today. I don't remember saying that once, quite honestly. This is a spring where he can do that. Now, will he be able to make enough make up enough ground to win the the backup job? Probably not. But can he get close? And then maybe by, uh, you know, that Formula One series is back on Aslan. Mm, maybe he gets close and then he goes uh, DFS or whatever they say. I don't quite understand any of the terminology. But when they're getting ready to pass, they say he's yeah. DFS. And I don't mean it down. I, I, I keep want to say. Daily fantasy sports. It's and it's not, it's not DTF. I don't <laughs> understand what it means. And I can't figure out the uh, what it, what that could possibly mean. It's but fit- it, it's some sort of fin on the back spoiler that it opens and you just become more aerodynamic and it gives you something like, I don't know, I think seven to 10 more miles an hour. 
you juice oh, them. Oh, okay. Well, then why wouldn't you do that if you're trying to hold off somebody that just went DFS? Uh, maybe they do. I Again, I watch it just for the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff and the, the, the guys speaking speaking broken English, but speaking it really well. Uh, DRS. There are, there are some enjoyable... D DRS, sorry, my DRS, drag DRS. reduction system. There you go. Everybody sorry. knows that. That's yeah. that's my fault, gang. MMA, fault. Hey, F1, another, not our another strong good season. Corey. MMA, F1, hey, not our strong suits. I feel like I feel like I nailed MMA this weekend, Aslan. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I nailed that. Um, but yeah, so I, I, think that, I think that A.J. Duffy can get himself in position to maybe DRS it in August. Hmm. Okay. So, oh, that's fair. Okay. Okay. I can, I guess I can buy that. I can buy that. Right. Like he's not going to, there's no, uh, yeah, you're right. Unless Tate's just awful or Duffy looks like Charlie Ward. There's no way he's going to overtake him, but he can, he can shrink the gap to where August is a real competition. And then that competition continues into September, October, November, and then December and January gets really real because they're fighting for the starting quarterback spot at that point. How many fifths, what fifths of the two-fifths, three-fifths, four-fifths of the first offensive line grouping that we see out there when they do their tempo 11-on-11 11 11, 11 stuff uh, do you think will be starting week one against LSU? Three. Okay. Good number. Good. Three-fifths, yeah. yeah. Okay. Strong. Strong. Do we need to wait three weeks to make the termination on Tyler Keltner, the kicker from uh, Etsu? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think you need to wait. We need to wait five or six months. Like I think that's something that. Or will it like be a in, game? Will that really? Will it be? Will it only be a game? So you'll you'll trust that kid if you were to take the job. Probably, but it's not like I trust the kid he's competing with. None none of us do. Um, Fitz, we love you, but the the trust hasn't been earned to where we're like, yeah, man, automatic. This kid's automatic. Like every time he goes out there for a forty-three yard field goal, until he starts making them consistently, you're going to worry and wonder. Um, so yeah, I, I think with Keltner, I'll, I mean, I just think right now in March, there's just not a lot of pressure. Like, okay, you have a good, you have a good day. You have a bad day. The season's still six months away and you're working on things. You're, you're tweaking things. I think when it gets to be the middle of August and LSU is right around the corner, LSU is fast approaching. That's when the pressure really starts to mount. And if you see one or the other start booming them through the uprights or shanking them violently, and you can tell that maybe they're not, they know what's coming. They know what's at stake. The The real game is on right now. The real pressure of winning this job is on. That's when I think you'll know uh, if Keltner has a real chance or not. I, he definitely has a chance. But I guess my point is I don't think he can do anything in early March that will win him the job. I think it's got to be closer to the actual game time. That's a that's a very, that's very specific to that position, in my opinion, if I was coaching. Because I just don't think there's not really any pressure when you're kicking in March, unless you're playing in the XFL. Did our man T-Buck get a dub this weekend? Did we see? Uh, I'll check that out. Uh, but let me ask you, okay. after Trey Benson pops off a 47-yard run and he needs a blow, who comes in for him? Will it be Kaziah Holmes, Rodney Hill? Do you think Lawrence Tofili will have that sort of every down backish usage, or is he still a specialized weapon for this Norvell offense? No, I think you start the season with Benson Toafili as one two. Um, I think I think David Johnson talking to him on Friday. We got to meet. We got to meet and talk with all the coaches on Friday. Another really fun hour uh, getting to do that. That's another thing that not many other media beats get to do uh, around this country. So that we're again appreciative appreciative of that. Um, talking to David Johnson, it, he he had a lot of very positive things to say about Toafili. Like almost like don't sleep on him. 
He's gotten bigger. He he ran more physical last year at times. He's gotten bigger. He's he he's crushed it in the weight room now for a year and a half. He's figured out how important that is. And I think David Johnson really does feel that uh that Toa Feely has a chance to uh to to be a real and he's been a real contributor. But he had like three hundred something yards receiving last year. Like that's a that's a great weapon. But it wasn't like he's just you're throwing it to him in the flat the whole game. Like he was a real running back too. I think he had four hundred something yards rushing as well. Like he's a He's kind of a dual threat guy back there, and I think they just want to uh, use that even more. I did think it was interesting when Johnson was talking about Trey Benson, though. Um, he said that, you know, watching the – he cut up a lot of runs to show Trey Benson what he was doing wrong, like after the season, probably during the season as well. But he's like, look, you finished whatever you finished, 20 yards short of 1,000. Here's a run that you cost yourself yards. Here's a run where you cost yourself yards because you're tiptoeing and you're not trusting your speed and you're not trusting your physicality, and you're not running through that person. Like, basically, and there was some stuff that I had said earlier in the year that he kind of didn't, he, you know, he was tiptoeing a little bit and wasn't hitting the hole as hard as maybe he should. You're trying to bust it out wide sometimes, too early. May, yeah, yeah, it, or maybe not going, not continuing to go wide because he didn't trust his speed and cutting back into a tackler. That happened, too. But, you know, he, he basically, David Johnson was like, look, I, I showed him all these cut-ups, and I said, you cost yourself 300 to 400 yards last year with these mistakes and you finished 20 yards short of a thousand. So basically his point being as good as you were last year and Trey Benson was very good. You have, you still have a lot of room to grow and that's that, all Florida state fans should want to hear that. Number one, that Benson isn't a finished product, which he shouldn't be. He's had, you know, 200 carries in his college career, maybe not even that much, but also that, you know, the, these, they're not just the coaches and the players aren't just resting on laurels of, yeah, man, you ran for 982 yards last year. You're awesome. Don't change a thing. Like, no, David Johnson expects more out of Trey Benson, and it sure sounds like Trey Benson expects more out of Trey Benson. And you hope that's across the board with, with all these guys that came back. What do you think about Fabian up 10 pounds, Winston Wright's up 9 pounds? Uh, anybody jump out to you in terms of potential transformations? Alex Mastermano apparently up 25 pounds. Oh. I mean, that's huge. That's crazy. You can't tell me that LSU didn't. The LSU coaches, when they looked at the roster and saw Mastermano was up 25 pounds, were like, what in the world's going on? What are we going to do with that? Number one, they know he's never going to punt. He ain't punting against them. They're not, Florida State doesn't need to punt anymore. But if he does, if he's back there, he could be a fullback. What do they say he's listed at now? 220? No, I think like 240-ish. Uh, Mastermano is listed at 240 pounds. 6'1", 245 pounds on the spring roster, which they gave out to the media folks. I don't. It might be up on Seminoles.com, but if you go to Seminoles.com and you click roster, I still think even though it's updated for this season, it's still showing what they were weighing last year. But, yes, what I'm looking at right now in front of me, that official uh, PDF they emailed us Friday morning after the uh, luncheon. Alex Mastermano, six foot one, two hundred forty-five pounds. I think that's, that's like thirteen that. stone, maybe. P probably whatever. What do they even use stone in Australia? No, well, they just, they probably call it something. They call anytime it I watch uh, strong man, you always be oh, it's twenty stone. It's like man, that's cool. I wish we, I, I'd like to list myself in stone, but it'd probably be like four. I think know, I hate sad. I hate that because the like if somebody weighs I have no idea what these measurements are by the way isn't a stone like fourteen pounds? I don't know. I'll look it up though. Look it up. Look it up, Aslan. Come on, man. I can't find the the uh, the guardians guardian score either. Look at you, fourteen pounds right on the nose, Corey. How about that, man? I just know things. I know things. It's the trivia brain. But if you say. Oh, I'm twenty stone and he's seventeen stone. It sounds like you're really close in weight. You're not 42 pounds. There's not a 42-pound difference. 
Yeah, but if you've been using stone all your life, you realize that the mar like a one one's a significant difference. And you're like, oh, two, whoa, three. You're also not you're not rolling. You don't gain weight in fourteens. You know, you know, you might gain four pounds. So what is you? Are you seventeen point three stone? Well, a bunch of Dante Anderson went up over one stone. Jalen Early's <laughs> up one stone, up fourteen on the nose. Dodger okay. Richardson twenty five pounds. Man, so no he's one, a stone. He's almost two stone. He's one point like seven eight stone. Yeah, like no one. The only person, that, no one, I think, lost more than five pounds. Uh, like in terms of like a significant weight. Actually, Steven Dick's down ten pounds. That, that, I think that might be the no nope, Robert actually, Scott. Actually, I'm sorry, everyone's yelling at me. Yeah, Robert Scott going down thirty pounds. So two, two over two stone. He uh he went down thirty pounds. Down thirty pounds. That's interesting. Down what does it have him listed at now? Uh, Robert Scott now number fifty two is listed at six foot five, three hundred four pounds. Ooh, I'd like him. Uh, maybe I mean maybe that's where he needs to be. I, I would have thought you'd like him a little bit bigger than that. But if there's going to be a team that uses stone as a measurement, it should be the one that breaks a stone when they win a game. Hey-o. Just throwing that out Hey-o. there, Norvell. Something else to think about. Patrick Payton lost five pounds. I don't know what that's all about, though. I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that. Six Come five, on, PP. six five, two forty three. Though that's still that can hunt. That's that's like I want him Jermaine about two fifty five. Right? I, you're saying Patrick Payton was two forty eight last year. That's what. That's what he didn't look it. Right. I mean, I know he's six five, so he wears it a little differently. But he just did not look to be the same size as Burse. He's wearing to it. He's wearing number eleven now too, so he might yeah. look a little more svelte. Yeah, a little Jermaine Johnson action. Okay, I like that. Maybe that's going to be the number they give to the uh, to the great defensive linemen yeah. that roll through here from yeah. now on. Kind of like what? LSU, is it seven? Or yeah, seven. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Is anybody else sitting at this lunch table, like Derek McClendon, Dennis Briggs, where, I don't know, something needs to click or we need to see something vastly different? Otherwise, we just pretty much know what we have, and that is adequate play, which I don't know if that's what you want when you're going to number two off your bench. Yeah, I think with those two in particular, I think you kind of know what you have. Now, again, Briggs has dealt with injuries. Now he's full-time DT, so we'll see now that he knows for sure where he's going to be, at least theoretically. Maybe they'll switch it again in June. But for now, he knows he's going to be a defensive tackle. I'd like to see what that looks like. Um and what he can be. But I think you just know what you have with McClendon, who's not a bad player. But not everybody on your team is going to be a star. Not everybody on your team is going to be an NFL early-round draft pick. You've got to have guys that, when you put in the game, aren't getting run over and aren't aren't making any impact at all. And I think Derek McClendon is a guy that can make an impact. I think he had a, a, a nice season last year. He's certainly not incredible. He wasn't one of the best players in the country. But he had a nice season. And I think if he can build on that and just get a little bit better, 10% better, 10% more production to go along with Peyton and Verse, um, and then the kid from South Carolina, I think that's a pretty good rotation. I, I don't, you, he's not going to become, he's not going to make the jump that apparently Colton Vincent has made on the baseball team hey, and yo. become Ted Williams. <laughs> he, he's not going to go from that to that, but he can be um, a, a solid starter-ish player on a good defense. I think that's what McClendon could be. The star is on the other side, but they're not all going to be Jared Verse, and they're not all going to be Patrick Payton. But I think McClendon, there's certainly a role in a big one for him because he is a nice player, not a great player. Again, they're not all going to be great, but he he's like the equivalent of like, he could be the equivalent of what? Like Akeem Den at safety? 
How like, so? I, mean, I think he, we kind of do. We kind we kind of know what Akeem Dent is like, just solid, not I special. I still feel like, yeah, but I don't know. I, of all those three guys, if you give me if you give me Dent, McClendon, and Briggs, and you and you try to have an option of hoping that one's going to turn into like an all conference caliber player, I probably would pick Akeem. No, probably, but I mean, there's nothing we've really seen, and he's played a lot of football. That makes you think that he's going to become like a uh, a great football player. He's not bad. He's I mean, not going Norvell, to be great. Norvell talked about the luncheon, right? When we he did. were out there Thursday watching Tour of Duty. And Akeem, you know, Akeem was breathing heavy. Uh, but that was Akeem's first full Tour of Duty. And he's been battling some stuff, uh, a.k.a. injuries, undisclosed injuries. Which, by the way, will apparently maybe get some information on players that are not going to participate uh, later today. Throughout spring football, Norvell said he wanted to kind of talk to the players and make sure they were okay with it. But the fact that he's maybe pushing through, gutting things out, maybe there's that different level of kind of urgency out of him. Not to say that Briggs and McClendon don't have that, but that was right. something good to hear about because it felt like Norvell really went out of his way to point that out and spent a good amount of time kind of underscoring that a little bit anecdotal evidence. Well, yeah, and he liked the fact that Akeem Dent, I, I think what he was trying to say is that it was the last tour of duty. Akeem Dent had missed all the other ones because of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the I guess the injury. Um, so, but he made a point to go out there on the last one, which it sounds like they wouldn't have blamed him or if he hadn't have made it. If he had said, look, I'm still not 100%, I'm not going to do it. He loved that Akeem Dent made a point at least one time to go out and do the tour of duty and complete it. Like to go through it, not to pull up, not to say I'm not doing it. I'm not. I I can only do a, a little bit. He went through the whole thing, and I I think it's more about what and that's that their says. hardest, and that's their hardest work yes. day too. Norvell, he said that's the most. hardest tour of duty they have is the last one. They build up to it. So Akeem Dent to make a point after missing all the other ones to come out on that last one and go through it. Norvell was pointing to more about what the mindset says about Akeem Dent. That and maybe that I mean that does say something about him because those things you know aren't easy. And so for him to come out and do that, just like what that what what it what it meant for him to see Akeem Dent willing to do that for his team, because Akeem Dent is going to start at safety probably, right? I, yes. he didn't have probably, and he didn't have to. He doesn't have to go do a tour of duty if he's got a nagging thing to prove to his coaches that he's invested or he's he's the guy that needs to play because he's played so much already. He went and did it because it was the right thing to do. And again, that's you know as Norvell said. That's about the culture that they're trying to build. And Akeem Den is one of those culture builders or culture holders, I guess. Yeah, Derek McClendon graded out at six, he graded out at 56 uh, in 2020. Then he moved up to 65. This is PFF. And then last year he graded out at 67. So, yeah, if he yeah. move up marginally, go to 70, that'll be good. That'll be good. And hopefully Akeem and. Yeah, and right. Like we, we're not expecting him to make a jump from um, like Demarcus Walker's sophomore to junior year. Right. I think that ship has sailed, right? Like, I think we, we know what Derek McClendon is, and what he is is a solid defensive end at this level. He's not going to wow you, but he is solid, and there is something to be said for solid. You know, I, I, I will. There, there were guys that had to play last year on that defensive line, particularly in the interior, that were not solid, at least at that time, and you saw what happened. Just having a veteran solid presence out there is a, is a good thing. It's not, you know, again, you're not going to have all first-round picks on your defensive line. VitaminEnergy.com. It's energy with benefits. Their shots are less than two ounces. They'll give you seven or more hours of energy. Supports weight loss. Tastes great. Gluten-free. Zero sugar. Non-GMO. Made in the U.S. of A. U.S. and A. Always kosher. 
and it has natural caffeine, no sugar, so there is no crash. Use the promo code WARCHANTBOGO, WARCHANT, B-O-G-O. Add two items in your cart. One of them will be free. That's how it works. Buy one, get mm. one free. Add any item to your cart of equal or lesser value, and it'll be free when you use the promo code WARCHANTBOGO. Corey, are you going to start rocking some of this new swag? Got a practice layer today, some of the vitamin Man, I wanted to wear stuff? it. I wanted to wear it because Lord knows I got enough of it in the back of my uh, my car right now. I wanted to wear it to because uh, I went to a workout before the game on Sunday, the baseball game, and then drove over there and I was going to put on my seven hour energy stuff and I couldn't open the box because I who has a key on their key anymore? It's a key fob, um. and I was trying to poke it the box with the key fob. It just doesn't do the trick, gang. If you were thinking you could open a box with a key fob, that that's done. You need a real key now, and I didn't have a screwdriver, so I yes, but I am going to. The plan is to wear it, wear it all the time. Um, and also Stephanie's on the, on the train. She's go. been taking it the last couple of days when we went and did our workouts. She, again, pepping her step. That's all I'm saying. She was outworking me. Nine different varieties, including formulas that will boost your immune system, help your focus, or give you that pre-workout kick. Avoid a case of the Mondays or Tuesdays or the Wednesdays. Give it a shot. Vitaminenergy.com. Promo code WARCHANT. B-O-G-O. Football season's over, unless you count the XFL, which it counts. It's a real thing. They're playing football, but you actually, you can bet on it. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere at mybookie.ag. Uh, we're not in the business right now of giving out XFL advice because we need more data, Corey and I. Uh, but maybe we'll drop a UFC uh, tidbit. So go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT, and you're like, why, Aslan? Well, you'll get a cash deposit bonus added to your account, which will help you across numerous sort of options they have over there, which is any of these professional sports that we talk about, as well as their casino. Play blackjack and spin the virtual roulette wheel. You can do all of it over at mybucky.ag. Again, the promo code is WARCHANT. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I saw Corey, started off somewhere like plus 3,500. Now he's like plus 300. I, again, I, I know this is a Florida State-centric show. I know it's called Wake Up WARCHANT, not Wake Up Gators. That dude was the second best quarterback on on the field when I saw him play, and now he's the best player in the country. He was plus ten thousand when it opened. Uh, now he's plus three hundred because he runs a fast forty and can jump a forty. He can jump forty inches. We we already knew he was a great athlete, Aslan. We already knew it, and he's a freakish athlete. Can he be a good quarterback? I mean, there's more to it than that. But hey. I would not bet on that. I would think that would be crazy to take that kid number one overall. He lost to Vanderbilt. Um, but it's fine. He threw for 400 yards in that game. One Anthony Richardson's fault, I guess. Uh, but again, he, was, he's, he wasn't as good as Jordan Travis in college. And now he's going to be potentially a top five, maybe the number one overall pick. By the way, we cr- I, did I, I, don't, I don't usually pat myself on the back for my, for my picks in this. But we, I crushed the UFC reasoning, didn't I? Just saying. I'm just saying, and I don't ever read the YouTube comments, but you did tweet me that one or yeah. text me that one yeah. that said it made the person cringe yeah. when we talk about UFC as got- if I didn't say during it, I don't know anything about this, but the thought being if this guy hasn't fought in three years and is the heavy favorite over someone else, then I feel like it's probably not. All I said was it was going to go under four and a half rounds. You did. You did. And Aslan did it, or did, did it go the distance, Aslan? It, it, it didn't even make it four minutes, Corey. didn't make it four minutes. I think I made a lot of people a lot of money. I hope you had, uh, during football season you lost everything. I hope you, I hope you made it back. MyBucky.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Corey, you spent the bulk of your week over at Dick Hauser Stadium watching the Knowles. I did. Didn't work out in their favor. They, they dropped the series against Florida Gulf Coast. Were able to salvage things on Sunday with a just an absolute laser show out there at Hauser. What was the final score on mm. that? Fourteen to eight, I think, on Sunday. Fourteen to eight, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess pitching is obviously what everyone's want to come to here, and I know it's all about winning. I'm I'm the guy that holds people's feet to the fire about winning. I don't care how it looks. I want to win. Uh, baseball's a little bit different. It is so early in the season. There is so much room to grow. Um, I mean, we can sit here and, and gnash our teeth again about the pitching. Link Jarrett called it razor thin, the bullpen that he has to work with on Saturday yeah. after that game. But holy smokes, I, I, I was talking to Ira about this. They played a fairly similar schedule maybe, or maybe they played TCU later in the year last year. But anyhow, through this before Sunday's game, actually during Saturday, so it didn't even count Saturday's game, last year to this year, through like the first 10 games or whatever the season, Florida State last year averaged like 5.3 runs per game. And after Friday night, they were averaging 9.4, I think. And now they're certainly above that. I like that a lot. I'm going to cling to that. I think that's extremely encouraging for this team, the way they're, they're swinging the bats right now. Um, are you looking at it that way, or are you scratching your head and thinking there's no way they can navigate two and a half, three more months with whatever arms they do or don't have. I think uh, you know. I wrote about it. You can read it on. Uh, I wrote a column about the series that's on that's on War Chant that you can read about, um, which you'll hear some of it right now. My thoughts on it, but like you, you, you don't. Well, who do you feel good about? Like really good in the uh, on the pitching staff because you have Crowell, Crowell, who's one of the best in the country, legitimately. So in the five games he's pitched, they're five and zero. Oh. In the six games he hasn't pitched, they're three and three. In this past, the past two weekends, they're two and zero oh in games he pitched, uh, one and three in games he didn't. Now those are by far the two best teams they've played, and that's what they're going to see more in the ACC is teams like TCU, teams like Florida Gulf Coast, who, by the way, My they God. can swing it. Yes, Whole, I didn't realize. I mean, I knew, I kept hearing that they were a veteran lineup, and I'm like, all right, man, they have a bunch of juniors and seniors. It's fine. Quit using that as an excuse. It's more than that. They have four 23-year-olds in their starting lineup and another kid that's 24 and going to be 25 in June. And they're, they're like the, the, the number three hitter is 24. The number four hitter is 23. Um, I mean, that, that, that is really, really old. Like that's, and I wrote in the column, that's like double A old. Like that's about the average probably starting lineup of a double A team in the minors. So, and they're good. It's not just because you're old, you're good. I mean, they, they're good anyway, and they're old and experienced. That was a tough matchup for the Florida State pitchers and the Florida State pitching staff, a young staff, very tough. The only kid, the only two that did anything at all against them really was Wyatt Crowell, which is not a surprise. He saved that game for him on Sunday. It was 10-7 to 7 after the second inning. And then it was 10-7 to 7 in the eighth inning. Good work, Wyatt. Um, I mean, they literally, for the first, what did what that be, 20 innings of the, of the series, they had scored 27 runs. And hit 10 home runs. 
I mean, they were it was a it was a laser show, like you said, just crushing balls in the parking lot, hitting cars. So Crowell did what he was supposed to do. He's just electric. He's great. But uh, Doug Kirkland was good over the weekend. He came in and got it wasn't a save because it was fourteen to seven. We came in. He did walk in a run. Hey, it happens. But he struck out the side in the ninth. He pitched four innings, didn't give up a run. He's the only one that can say that. Other, he's the only one that can say that that pitched that didn't give up an earned run um, for the whole series. But I, I, it's almost like I don't know what to make of it because of what the opponent was. Like that Florida Gulf Coast team is no joke, man. What? They should what be they, ranked. So how do you they, know how to make it out of it? I mean, that's a real legitimate team they played. I figured that'd be a really good barometer. Yeah, I think the the thing that bothers you is Friday night you had the worst base running mistake that maybe I've seen at Florida State, and I've seen them all. Um, with, by Nander DeSados on Friday night that killed a rally and probably, well, it was one of the main reasons they didn't win that game. Just a horrible base running mistake. They made a few more other just inexplicable base running blunders. By It's the stuff I see on Brady's freshman team, uh, high school team, sorry. Just it doesn't make sense. Like, why are you running on a, on a bunt pop-up to the pitcher? Why, why are you doing that? Or why are you not tagging there? Or why are you just, just a lot of crazy stuff that happened. And then they didn't. They they fielded not good at all on Saturday. Now Florida Gulf Coast was worse. They had five errors and really had six, but they were given five. Florida State had three errors, but it should have been four, and they were critical errors. You played Titan Kamaka on Sun Saturday because of Nander's foul up um, on Friday night. Plus Kamaka is not a bad player, and Nander went over in that Friday night game. So you give Kamaka a chance at second base. Bases loaded in a three-three game with two outs. Routine ground ball hit right to him. He boots it. They score a run on that play. They score two more runs the rest of the inning, and you lost by one. So that error cost you three runs, and you lost by one. Carrion had a bad throw on a double play to first. They could have gotten him out of the inning. Cam Smith dropped a ground ball. They should have at least been a force out. Like They gave, they gave a great offense four or five runs, and so 10 runs that they scored wasn't enough. That's the kind of stuff that I still worry about because that's the kind of stuff that frankly, has been plaguing this program for a long time. I think the pitching is thin. I don't, I don't think they're going to have – they don't have a ton of great answers right now. You just got to ride out Bo, Ma, Bo, Baumeister and Montgomery and hope they pitch better when they're not facing the 98 Yankees. Um, and just chalk it up to, man, Florida Gulf Coast, what are you going to do? The oldest team in college sports history. They, they shelled you. They should be in double-A. Sorry, gang. Um, but you hope that they can they can just flush that because they are very talented and you need them. Because otherwise, you can't... Crowell threw almost 100 pitches on Sunday. You, you can't, and he threw five innings on Wednesday in the game against South Florida um, that, that they won in extras. You can't... You don't want to do that. You would rather not have him have to pitch that many innings in relief effort. Like, I think, again, the appeal of him being a reliever is that he can affect multiple games in a week or multiple games in a weekend. And when he's having to throw five and, a, five and two-thirds, which was a career high on Sunday, because you've got nobody else you can trust to get outs. Um, and again, part of that was the offense was just, I mean, it was just experienced and really good. They battled. They sprayed it all over the field. But part of that is because you have a lot of young arms that haven't proven anything. And they kind of were a little, it seemed like they were just a little, it was like they were shell-shocked by what uh, Florida Gulf Coast was doing to him. Wyatt Crowell was not. Wyatt Crowell knows he's better than all those guys. He, he, you watch his video. Or you, I was there for his post-game press conference on Sunday. And yeah, man, he just knows he's really good. He carries himself like he's really good. And why wouldn't he? I'd be the same way if I was him. He's awesome. But the, 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 the number one, the, like you said, I think the biggest takeaway is the, is the pitching still because you just don't know what you have after three weekends. 
But the you, I think you do know what you have with the offense. And that's, to your point, when you're averaging nine and a half runs per game, you're going to win a lot more than you lose. You're not going to run into a lot of, like I honestly, folks, I know it sounds crazy. Florida Gulf Coast would be one of the best lineups in the ACC. They just rake. They have power. They have speed. They hit it from both sides of the, like they have lefty and righty power. I mean, they hit 10 home runs this weekend. Um, And, and, uh, you know, a lot of them were off 96 mile an hour fastballs. It's not like Florida State's throwing up slop up there. But if you make a mistake, they crush it. They hit the video board. Um, and so, yeah, man, they're, that, that's just a really impressive group. Um, I think they're better than TCU. They, heck, apparently they're better than Florida State. Uh, they won two out of three in Hauser. So overall, man, I, I, I'm still optimistic because of how good the offense has been. I'm just – the base running and the fielding has not improved nearly significantly enough for me to not think it's a serious problem still. But – the good news is you're 11 games in, and it was not going to be an overnight fix. You've still got a lot of stuff and a lot of holdover players that you have to kind of get this out of them. But you know, there's just it's a little too it's a little too sloppy for me still. But that offense could really play. And again, I, I just want to shout out Colton Vincent, man. Golly, please. Like please. as long, and we we you know, I was it, tough it wasn't on the kid fair. last year, man. I was super tough. We on both the kid. were, man. And it probably wasn't fair. I mean, you know, he's trying his best. But he wasn't good enough. He wasn't. He might have been the worst hitting Division One catcher in the country, like legitimately. And I'm not. I'm not trying to kill the kid. He hit 195 or whatever it was. He slugged 230. He slugged 230. Like that's an incredibly low number. He he like had six extra base hits all year, and he played every game. So he was just a dead out. He was an automatic out. Yep. And now that he's hitting, he's switch hitting. Just kudos to that kid, man. He's he's become te- – I mean, it's incredible. Like, he comes up to the plate with the bases loaded in a big moment on Sunday, and you're like, yeah, I'm fairly certain he's going to deliver. And he did. He hit a rocket off the screen for a bases-clearing double. Like, that kid, just credit to him, man. That's yeah. really cool to see. That's a really good um, – it's a good lesson in life to believe in yourself. And, look, he probably wouldn't be playing if Holbrook didn't get hurt. But Holbrook did get hurt. And Colton Vincent came in and has, and has been – one of the best hitting catchers in the country. I know it's a short sample size. It's 11 games, but he's already got more extra base hits than he did all of last year. Um, and he's hitting like 420 right now. That's just, uh, it's really cool to see, man. That's a really good feel-good story for this team and for that kid because he was killed last year by us, by fans. Um, he just, you know, he just was not a, a viable option on offense. And now he's become a legitimately good hitter, and that's cool to see. Also, Holbrook game. got hurt again. Uh, did he? Because I'm like, on yeah. Saturday, he was just jumping on the first pitch and giving it a ride, and then he played on Sunday, so he got hurt again, huh? That's not good. He he did something to his hamstring, Link said, on his last at bat. Like, he man, he went three for five in that game on Saturday, rocket shots to right center. Yeah. You can see why he was second team all Big 12 last year. I mean, he's got a really good bat. He might be the best pure hitter on the darn team. Like, just the way he, his first live pitching in that long, and he's and the, the little Florida Gulf Coast has legit legit arms. Like yeah. they're throwing mid nineties, and my man comes in and is just sending ninety five off the screen, like it's nothing. Um, that you can see why he only struck out nineteen times last year. Uh, he's he's a really good hitter, but he did something to his hamstring on his last at bat. Link said that uh, they would they would you know evaluate it more this week and we'll see if he can uh if he can play this weekend or the weekend after that i guess i thought he heard himself sliding into home plate on saturday like he slid home and got up and it was really ginger 
Oh, maybe um, he did. And then his last, but he did, ha he did take another yeah, bat. Yeah. And he hit a yeah. rocket to center field because, yeah. again, that's what he does. But he was out. The kid caught it and he didn't even make it to first. I thought he had done something maybe on the way down to first, yeah, but no, you're right. Maybe he did it scoring. Yeah. By the way, Colton Vincent, 15 game hit streak. Uh, that is the best uh, for Florida State Seminole in five years. It's crazy. It's incredible. How about that, man? They'll be back in action Tuesday against Bethune-Cookman at 5 p.m. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And then you know who else plays, plays on Tuesday, Aslan? Oh, uh, the Knowles the in the ACC tournament, right? Team. All yeah, right. So, that's right. Tuesday. Tuesday at 2. They've been playing loose, right? They got like you know, they got it out of their system. They got that the, what, 21st loss, 22nd loss, the most. 22nd. Yeah, 22nd. they got their 20. So now they don't have that hanging over their heads now. They know they broke the record. Now, from now on, they can just go play free and clear. Yeah, sure. Um, and if they win that one, they get pit, which is not that intimidating who, who do they, yeah, they have beat on? pit yeah they beat pit at pit uh yeah man they they play georgia tech the problem is georgia tech is actually playing well right now they're five and two in their last seven games uh florida state if you've been paying attention uh, it's not five and two in their last seven games and it's not playing well um so they lost their 22nd game it was a blowout they were down 11 to nothing to start the game because why wouldn't they be um they fought they back and were, and were down four in the second half at one point though they did yep. do that. and then they lost by 22 which is how? And they gave up 16 threes. And those two white kids, I hate to identify them by their color. I can't remember their names. Couture is one of yes. them. Yes, yeah. Um, and the other one, I just can't remember his name right now. Their eyes light up like Christmas trees when they see Florida State coming. I mean, good grief, man. Cover somebody. They got two kids on their team that can shoot, and you just give them wide open jumper after wide open jumper. The kid, the one kid scored 25. Um, I think Virginia Tech hit 16 threes as a team. Um, because why wouldn't they? And North Carolina, like on Monday, they, they shot better than they had all year against Florida State's mm -hmm. defense from three. And then, uh, yeah, ice and it was funny. Duke. I was watching, it yeah, I was watching the, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he lit them up. Last, remember that game last year mm -hmm. where he must, they, those two kids must have hit 14 threes between them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was watching the Duke-Carolina game, and North Carolina bricked another three. They started out like 2 of 15 from three. And the announcer's like, yeah, and this is coming on the, off the heels of North Carolina making uh, 13 against Florida State on Monday night. It's like, yeah, different caliber of defense there, my man. Duke, for some reason, isn't just letting guys shoot wide-open threes, but Florida State did. So, anyway, the, the regular season is mercifully over. Uh, the worst team in school history and uh, they probably have one more game left in the season. Maybe they can beat Georgia Tech. But anyway, 
They broke the record. They're going to finish the season with uh, 23 losses. The only question is, will they get to double-digit wins? Because right now they're at nine. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, Padua, or is that his last name? Yeah, Padula. Padula. Last year, uh, season high for three points made in the game was six against Florida State. This year, his season high, six against Florida mm. State. Like a common theme there. Twenty-five points his season high was against Florida State, and then twenty last year too. So, meanwhile, Brooke and the ladies uh, had a quick exit in the ACC women's tournament. They always do. Yeah, well, that's fine. Rest up. They're they're safe. They'll make it to the tournament. They uh, will await their fate on selection Monday, next Monday. Not this, not today. Following Monday, Correct. Everybody. Next Monday. It's always the day after. They have to wait like eight days uh, to, to find out. Uh, yeah, man, again, it's Florida State never plays well up there. Uh, Tania Latson did not play. I think she's got some sort of I, – I think she she will be playing moving forward, and she's getting some rest. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, you know, that's what – Florida State has always underachieved up there. The They've had some great women's basketball teams, like really, really good ones, like two seeds, three seeds. And they always go to North Carolina and never, I think they've made the championship game twice, maybe uh, more often than not, they're one and done, which I, I hope that I hope Brooke can uh, nix that in the bud. I think they gave up a, uh, I think they made four baskets in the second half, gave up like a 26 to nothing run. Oof. That'll hurt your feelings. So get that out of your system. They're not going to be hosting because in women's college basketball, if you don't know um, the top four seeds in each region host the first two rounds. So they, they, Florida State obviously is not going to do that now that they, uh, they lost that game. They probably might have been out of it anyway, but losing that first-round game definitely meant they weren't going to be hosting. So they'll be on the road somewhere probably as like an 8 or a 9, 7 or a 10. I guess you hope you're a, a 7 or a 10 and not an 8 or a 9 because if you win that first game, then you have to play like flipping South Carolina mm. in the second game. So hopefully you can avoid that and be a, be a 7 or a 6. Softball, meanwhile, improves to 20-3 and three on the season. Uh, win all five games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Four of them by the run rule, if I'm not mistaken here. Uh, wins over UMass, Colgate, Georgia Sorry, Southern. Colgate. Yeah, so uh, the Dugout Club Classic. Next we were up. Watching, we, were at, we were actually at a – Yeah, my bad. We were actually at the corner pocket, and the, the local news was on, Aslan, um, because uh, I guess the NBA game had just ended, and they were showing highlights of the uh, the Florida State-Colgate game, mm. the softball game. And Stephanie was like, wait, are they playing Colgate like that small private school from the Northeast? What are they doing playing Florida State in softball? And I'm like, well, they're getting drilled, clearly. Uh, but I'm like, you know, it's fun for those girls from Colgate to get to come down and play in a venue like that in yeah. front of a crowd like that. But it probably wasn't fun watching all those balls sail over the fence. I think Michaela Edenfield had a grand slam, if I'm not mistaken. Um, next she up, did, that was cool. I saw the highlight of that, and I don't, I don't yeah. know the, who the runner on second was. But when she hit it to center field, it probably went 40 feet over the fence. The runner on second, and again, this is Colgate, and it's a game they're already leading by a lot against a team that's clearly overmatched. The runner on second, like both, just didn't even turn around, just put both hands in the air and like started jumping and running, which I think part of that is because they all like each other, but part of that is they they need her to get going. Like she needs to be a force. They need her to be uh, the bat that she can be because she has not had a a great start to the season. Um, neither is Devin Flaherty, but you know Flaherty's going to hit. She's she's just solid. She's a very good. She had a good weekend too. It's just a matter of time before she hits. But you, for this team to be the offensive juggernaut, it should be. You really want Edenfield to to start hitting like she can. And by the way, I got I got a question for you. I want I want to run something by you. You know their right. best hitter this year is the girl uh, Katie Dak. Okay. 
You know her? Uh, so sure. she's the transfer, yeah. I think, from A&M. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she hit a home run. I think she leads the team in home runs and RBIs. What about Big Dak Energy as a as a nickname? Mm. Or yes. Is that too... No. Sold. Can you say that? Like the Knowles yes. have Big Dak Energy? Yes. Or she's got Big Dak Energy? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. I hesitated a little. I almost tweeted it. And I'm like, nah, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I don't know if I want a screenshot of that, um, if it's offensive. But I don't think it's offensive. And instead, I just said it for all you fine people instead of uh, tweeting it. Well, you put it out there into the the ecosystem of Florida State social. So somebody mm. will pick it up, and it'll be laundered. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you get credit for it or not. Just, it needs to be out there and recognized. So thank you that's for bringing fine. that, Corey. Well, I also want Florida Gulf Coast. I want their base. I tried to do this on Sunday. I want the Florida Gulf Coast baseball team to be known as Dong City. (laughs) Like their basketball team was Dunk City. I want their baseball team because all they do is hit 500 foot dongs. I want them to be called Dong City. I think that could really take off if they get to the uh, uh, Super Regional. If they get into the postseason and make some noise and everybody's like, "Ah, I got to got to get home. 5 p.m. Dong City's coming on. Just throwing that out there too. This is what I do. I don't even want to write or talk about sports i just want to come up with goofy nicknames katie dak wears 77 she already has seven dongs on the year batting 426 19 ribbies dare i say she's got some big dak energy yeah i mean the shoe fits what's she slugging if the shoe fits 907 right what's she slugging what's her yeah that's yeah she's really good man that's been a nice addition nice addition there lonnie next up for the lady seminoles or rather the softball team i apologize the Cowgirls, they'll actually be spending their spring break out in the, in the Okie State. They've got Oklahoma State and Stillwater Friday, oh. Saturday, Sunday. They're going to hang around and then dance with Oklahoma next Tuesday uh, with Patty Gazzo and the gals. So uh, oh, enjoy right. okay. Oklahoma. will be cool, you know, maybe catch yeah, a Thunder man, game. I was going to say, the. Uh, it's not a lot. That's, that's not really a spring break capital. Not a lot of people go there for spring break, but I'm sure they'll have a, they'll they'll figure out a way to have a good time. Yeah. And I, the the competition level just rose up mm. a few ticks. Yeah. All right, that's a wrap for us. We'll be back tomorrow. Correct Tuesday. Full observations. Maybe we'll even have Corey do something hyperbolic and make some really big broad generalizations. Mm. Even after seeing them only in shorts, I'll try. Everybody, I'll try. Stay connected though to WarChant.com. We'll have. All sorts of content going up on the website. I'm sure we'll have a stand-up wrapping things up from day one. Uh, and then Tuesday morning, or rather Tuesday afternoon, before we uh, after we're done, you'll hear from the Jeff Cameron Show. Jeff Cameron will set the table for us heading into spring football today, 1 to 3 o'clock again, 93.3 FM, as well as Warchant TV. Warchant.com, everybody. Subscribe. Time is now. Do it. For Corey, I am Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.